I want us to look at First Peter chapter 2, a verse in there. We could preach a lot about this. There's a lot to this. And it goes off into different directions or different levels. But I want us to look at it today. I want us to look at it from the point of view of Scotland right now. And uh, my good friend Stevie McKee has uh, been teaching on this and the importance of this. And, and what he's been teaching on is in here. In fact, the whole verse is about it. But there's one particular phrase in the verse um, that really is what he's been speaking about. But the whole verse is, the, is what he's been talking about. But let's just read it. It's First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. It says, Honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. Now, I've taught for years that this is the key of David in coded form. And it's so vital that we, we, we practice this. You know, if every believer practiced this and taught even unbelievers, as we call them, to practice this, and some actually do, um, certainly they'll, they'll give lip service to it. Honour all men. You cannot influence where you do not honour. And that's important right now in a divided country like Scotland is because we have that division, we have, we have deep divisions, we have um, religious divisions, and by religious divisions, I'm not talking about spiritual divisions, I'm not, and I'm not talking about Protestantism and Catholicism, I call it Prodiism and Catholicism. In other words, it's a cultural thing, which is mainly around football, the old firm rivalry. We don't have debates between Protestant theologians and Roman Catholic you know, theologians. We don't have that. That that's not the division. We maybe did have that at one time, but now it's just really about football and cultural allegiance. But it's still there. It's a division, and that fight. A lot of people are caught up in that battle, and it blinds them to spiritual truth and reality. That for Protestants or prodies, should I say? You know, they, they're not interested, a lot of these prodies, in Jesus. Um, and if, if your Protestantism doesn't have Jesus at its heart and, and its very purpose, you're not a Protestant. You're a prodi. And same with Catholics. And I'm not bashing people here. I'm simply telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says that he that has the Son has life. And he that does not have the Son does not have life. I don't care if you're Protestant, Catholic, whoever you are. If you don't have the Son of God, you don't have life. That's what the Bible says. Go and check it out in First John and other places. It tells you very plainly. Jesus said himself, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you want to uh, go to the Father through a whole bunch of other people, saints and all that, well, I'm sorry, but that's not what the Bible teaches. Or if you, whether Protestant or Catholic, and I've noticed this with Prodies and Catholics, that they think that it's enough to know a clergyman, the, the man of God, the minister or their priest. I'm sorry. But there's one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus. And if you don't know him, Jesus is the way to the Father. But I'm, I, I want to press on with this, just let me. So, but we need to honour all men. And you need to honour, you can't influence where you don't honour. And honour all men or all people simply means... You don't have to like them, you don't have to respect them. 
Honour and respect are two different things. Respecting people is respecting them for who they are or what they've achieved. Honour is in your gift. And God wants you to honour all men. You see the, the, the vilest wretch, the most depraved cur that there is, can cry out to God and God will hear him. Why? Because God honours his creation. He honours all men. He wouldn't tell you to honour all men if he didn't honour all men. And we don't honour all men very often sometimes. We honour those that we choose to honour. But we're not commanded to do that. We're commanded to honour all men. And all of this hinges. This is a key. Okay, and You have to have each little um, uh, bit in the key functioning for the, the key to open. If you only do two out of these four things, three out of these four things, or one out of these four things, or none of these four things, you, you don't have a key, you don't have a functioning key. So these are four bits of a key that can change society, can change the nation, can change Scotland, can change Britain. Honour all men. And, and if you're evangelistic minded, and if you're obeying the Great Commission, you will honour all men. You will honour men and women and children. And you will pray for all men, as it says in First Timothy chapter 2. You won't pray for them if you don't honour them. It's as simple as that. If in your mind, in your thinking, in your heart, well, I'm not praying for that much. I'm not praying for them. Honour all men. Then it says, love the brotherhood. We um, we sometimes get this mixed up with, you know, well, we have to love everybody um, equally. But the Bible's very clear that they'll know that we're disciples because we love one another. There's a love that's reserved for the brothers, for the sisters, for the family of God. And I believe that we pay lip service to that, but many of us are still in Sardis, uh, which is the the, the, the the walking dead, the church of death. God said to himself, check it out, Revelation chapter 3, because we've not transitioned yet to Philadelphia, which is the church of the love of the brothers. We have to love one another. And we pay lip service to that a lot of times, or people pay lip service to it, but they don't always um, follow through. It's not a real thing. And whoever hates his brother as a murderer, if you don't love your brother, then you're, you're not even in the game. Does that make sense? You're not even part of things. Um, and we're commanded. These are commands. This isn't a suggestion. Honour all men. Love the brotherhood. Um, this will change your life if you start to implement what God's word says we're to do. This is new covenant. And that leads us into the next one, which is what Stevie's been speaking about. Stevie's a a great friend of mine and a wonderful man of God uh, with a tremendous message uh, and a, a, an awesome destiny for this country of Scotland and the nation of Britain. Uh, and I, I honour him um, and certainly respect him. He's been speaking in this next part, fear God. Fear God. Honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God. And that's what he's, Stevie has been speaking about, the fear of the Lord. He and I talk about it a lot. That's the missing dimension in today's church. That's the missing dimension in the nation. There was once a fear of the Lord, even upon people who would say weren't really Christians, weren't born again, were maybe nominal. But there was a respect and reverence and a kind of holy awe 
and harsh even at times that people used to have. When I was a young boy, we used to have the Sabbath. We used to have a day of rest and people would fear God on that day. They might not have went, even gone to church, they, they may, you know, but they wouldn't go to work. And they wouldn't go to football matches because they feared God. We just don't have that reverence anymore. And I'm not talking about religiosity. I'm not talking about a pharisaical thing. I'm talking about a genuine fear of the Lord. To say, Lord, you, you're that important that we dedicate a day to you. Even people who weren't, as I said, born again spirit-filled Christians would spend their Sundays in quietness and rest because it was a thing to do to respect the Lord to respect God, fear God. And I want to say this as well, this is a command and it's not an old covenant command alone. It's not just old covenant. This isn't the new covenant. We're supposed to fear him. You see, the fear of the Lord is clean and purges us from evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't fear the Lord, you haven't even, you're not even stepped foot in the first rung of the ladder of wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, the fear of the Lord is something, and let me just say this, the fear of the Lord is a choice. It's a decision you make, it's not an emotion. And when you make a decision, when you make that choice, the emotion will follow. But the fear of the Lord is a decision. And very often, ah, that's Old Testament, or that's legalism, or that's, you know, God's our big happy cuddly daddy in the sky, we don't need to fear him. Well, I'm sorry, but if, if you're truly being fathered, you, you, you're going to have to have a father that you fear and respect and reverence. And sometimes, as Stevie pointed out, that is terror. Whether you, people, oh no, no, it's just reverence. Well, reverence is important, but it's also terror. And, you know, God speaks about, if we won't accept his chastisement, his chastising, then we're illegitimate. Yeah, I'm going to say the word bastards. Um, we're bastards if we don't accept. His chastisement, his chastening. Uh, you know, in other words, God has the right to tell us that we need to straighten up our act and, and get ourselves together. And what does every father really, what's a good father's purpose or destiny or idea for every one of his children that that child would grow up and mature and be responsible and be a functioning uh, person that doesn't need to continually be mollycoddled or babied or, 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 or um, you know, they're no longer childish or childlike. They are mature. God is looking for mature sons and daughters at this time. Scotland needs mature sons and daughters. Scotland needs fathers. I'm going to speak about this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to get into this. I, I really feel the Lord telling me to do that. Scotland needs fathering leaders. And when I talk about fathering, I'm not just speaking from a, a gender point of view. I'm speaking from a spiritual point of view. Mothers can be, sorry, women can be spiritual fathers as well. But, but if you want to call it fathers and mothers, that's fine. We need mothers in Israel. We need spiritual fathers. We need people who are mature enough. That they, they, they know that God has called them to father and mother. Um, younger believers and bring them up to a level of maturity themselves. The fivefold ministry in Ephesians chapter 4 is designed to bring about the perfect man um, and the manifest sons of God 
In other words, to bring everybody to that level of maturity that we all need to walk in. Scotland needs mature believers at this time and needs matured leaders. The, the nation has, the, the, the country of Scotland and, and the nation of Britain need leaders. And we don't have great leadership. Um, we support leaders. Yeah, and I, I believe that we should be praying for our leaders. Boris Johnson, we should be praying for him. We should even be praying for leaders we don't like. But we pray and improve or remove things that they either start to lead in a godly manner or that they be removed. And we need that. So we need to fear God. And, and fearing God means praying for the nation, praying for Scotland, praying for Britain, praying for Glasgow, Aberdeen, Inverness, wherever you come from. So we pray at a local and regional level, but we also pray at a national level. And we pray with the fear of God in our thinking. Remember what um, David said as his last words, that he that rules over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. We need leaders, national governmental leaders, who will rule, rule in the fear of God. And we need ecclesial leaders who will rule in the fear of God. We need a program here where we teach people to fear God, even what we would call unbelievers. Because when people fear God, you don't need to preach to them much. Think about that. If you pray the fear of God in someone, you're praying the greatest gift of all on them. Because if someone truly fears God, the fear of the Lord hits somebody's heart. That person will cry out. And that person will get saved. So Britain needs the fear of the Lord. Scotland needs the fear of the Lord. Remember in uh, Braveheart, uh, Mel Gibson <laughs> cries out at the end, freedom? Well, we need freedom. Freedom that comes in Christ. And freedom will come to Scotland and to Britain when the fear of the Lord comes upon the people. So pray God's fear upon them. But we're commanded to fear him, and so we be examples of that. And then finally it says, honour the king. Let's just read it all. Honour all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the king. If if you don't honour the king, you don't honour all men, because the king or the monarch or the queen in our situation right now in Britain is over all the people. So when it says in First Timothy chapter 2 to pray for all men, and then it tells us to pray for kings and those that are, that are in authority, what it's really saying is, is that you reach all men by praying for those who have the rule over them because they're gatekeepers to their communities. And that's why Jesus' uh, strategy, evangelistic strategy, was to seek out the, 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 the you know, seek out the, the, the person um, in each place that you go to who has influence. So when you pray for rulers, what you're saying is we're going to get the head right and then the people will follow. If we get that guy sorted out, that's why the early reformers were called magisterial reformers because they went straight to magistrates who were the governing rulers of the cities, uh, city-states of Europe. And if you got the, the rulers sorted out, either by converting him or, or by putting the fear of God into the man, then you then had the, his authority to go to the people and bring the word to them. And we need that today. We need to be praying for rulers with that in mind. Um, and so you can't pray for who you do not honour. So we need to be praying for the Queen. And the Queen is the only anointed representative um, in terms of government and rule. She's the only one anointed to rule. The Prime Minister and all these other ministers. And the word ministers, the clue, they're servants. They're servants. They should be servants of God, of the monarchy, of the nation and the people 
Um, but God first, I would say, and then, of course, the ministers of the crown or, or ministers of the throne. So understanding these things gives us a key and an insight, the key of David, which is the key of the, uh, of the government upon his shoulder. And we take government upon our shoulder as co-laborers, as co-regents with him, as joint heirs with him, as people called to be seated with him in heavenly places. So we, we don't rule um, from earth, we rule from heaven. We rule the earth from our heavenly seat in him and with him in heavenly places. Uh, in other words, we're bi-local. And um, this is a vital key. If we honour all men, love the brotherhood, which is actively engaging in uh, love with our brothers and sisters in the Ecclesia. Fear God and honour the king. They're all interconnected. Just like on a, on a key, you have all the little bits and they're all in the one key. You, you, and you need all those little bits to be properly cut, perfectly and accurately cut, precisely cut, so that you can open the door. Because if one bit's out, the door won't open. It's the same with this. We have to have all these bits of this key function. So focus on it. And, and you can do this uh, and say, Lord, I choose to honour all men. I choose to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, and I choose to fear God. And I choose to fear you, Lord. And I choose to honour the King. And I'm saying that because right now in Scotland, we have this division, this other division, and I spoke about prodies and Catholics. But I want to speak about, very quickly, the, the whole thing about nationalist or unionist. And very often the nationalist um, approach in Scotland has been to despise the monarchy. Well, if you despise the monarchy, you just, you just broke the bit off the key there. You have to honour the monarchy. And um, there's no getting around that. These four bits have to work. If Scotland is to be the land of destiny. Scotland is the land of destiny, but if it's to enter into that destiny, if we are to enter into the destiny of Scotland as chief of the nations, um, as as in its rightful place in Britain, then we have to we have to start implementing this key. This is the key to revival, to success to God's purpose in Scotland and in Britain and indeed the nations. This is the key that we must use and be aware of and implement to bring about God's purpose and for Scotland to be truly the land of destiny that God has called Scotland to be. The Lord bless you folks and let's just close this with a prayer. Father, Help us to use this key. Help us to be people, a people that honour all men. Help us to be a people that love one another fervently and intensely and fiercely and deeply and truly, that all men may know then that we are your disciples. Help us to fear you. We choose to fear you, Lord. And we choose to honour those who have the rule over us. We choose to honour the monarchy that you've set up. Lord, we praise you that we can actually obey this scripture because we have a monarch. We have a queen. Lord, we have a, a, a sovereign, a king or queen um, when succession 
uh, dictates. Father, help us to be people that stand in this verse and transform our society and bring about a kingdom culture by walking in these truths and implementing these wonderful things of honouring um, all men, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, fearing you, Father, and honouring the monarchy you've set over us in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you, folks.